With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power. One broadcast at a time. I guess my point in asking you whether you have spent the day vigorously tabling for truth or berating your local school board officials is the post-war period has to confront is who is a citizen and then what rights attend to citizenship? Who are former slaves going to be in the body politic? This is Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promise to glade the hill we climb if only we dare it because being american is more than a pride we inherit it's the past we step into and how we repair it and the united states of america's government when it came to treating her citizens of indian descent Fairly, she failed. She put them on reservations. When it came to treating her citizens of Japanese descent fairly, she failed. She put them in internment prison camps. When it came to treating the citizens of African descent fairly, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God bless America? No, no, no. Not God bless America. God... Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. Transforming truth truth to power. One broadcast broadcast at a time.
And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. And welcome to Our Common Ground. I am Janice Graham. And so good to be back on the mic. I hope that each and every one of you are feeling well and safe and that you are enriched or have been enriched by uh, a stimulating Black History Month celebration. But don't forget that at Our Common Ground, Black History is every day, every moment of your black lives. For those of you who are new to us, welcome. And if you'd like to join us in our chat room, we are at blogtalkradio backslash OCG. You know, uh, I've always been very concerned and have been writing to the Blog Talk radio people. We have had two channels here since uh, 2009 when we came out of U.S. Talk Network um, as after two years uh, about the idea of how people register. It's very confusing, and I have brought it to the attention of the management because I think it's kind of complex about how you get to register so that you can get into our chat room. But it's blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. And if you'd like to listen to this broadcast uh, via your smart device or smartphone, the number is 347-838-9852. We have entered our 36th year of broadcasting Black, Bold, and Brave. And um, I am, when I look back on what we have done with this broadcast, what our mission and our purpose has been, I am quite proud of the body of work that we have created. We have hosted discussions. We don't call it chat. We don't call it uh, interviews. We have hosted discussions with some of the bravest, brightest, idea makers, activists, authors, scholars in the black USA. We've had a couple of um, interviews or conversations. I had a 15-minute conversation with um, Winnie Mandela. I was honored uh, to have her, when we were on terrestrial radio, to have her on um, the day before Nelson Mandela was um, released from prison. I had the opportunity uh, to spend a great deal of time with her Um, when um, Baba Mandela came to Miami 
I was on the Miami Organizing Committee, and uh, she was very gracious. Uh, we have interviewed Miriam Makiba um, in Johannesburg, um, in Freetown, I'm sorry, um, South Africa. Uh, we have had Hosala who is a broadcaster just like me in Haiti when she was um, essentially hiding in 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 her country uh because of a real pressure stress of um the government coming after broadcasters who were speaking truth to power. So we've, I mean, we've had, I I, I look back and uh, I look at some of the people that we have interviewed and they have been the history makers, the strategists, the activists, and the journalists um, who have brought us thus far on our way. And I am forever honored to have been able to be on this journey. 36 years is a lot of time. I, many of you who are new do not remember that up until 2011, this was a nightly five nights a week broadcast. And because of my professional work that paid the bills, it became very important that I um, kind of pull myself back. And I spent probably around nine months not broadcasting at all, only providing what we call Listen, Learn, Liberate uh, episodes, which we did for this past uh, February, uh, which are bodies of uh, voices um, that help us understand, that illuminate the issues before us, people who we trust, um, and I had to do that for about eight months because I felt that it was um, at a point in my other professional life that I needed to protect myself from exposure. And I did that and I came back. Also, for those of you who are strangers to us, uh, we do have another channel, the TruthWorks Network, and it is also here at Blog Talk Radio. And over the last month and a half, we have been broadcasting a discussion series to talk about If America Fails, uh, looking at the current um, trauma and crisis in, in democracy in America, which is an extension of the kind of trauma and crisis that we as black people have faced 
for so very long around the principle, the founding principle of democracy uh, in this country, which has always been at question and in discourse. And uh, If America Fails is an 11-week discussion forum uh, looking at the nuances of um, American America as a failed state through the lenses of black people, which is very, I mean, uh, The Handmaid's Tale is uh, uh, written by a white woman, and the main character is white and is about an all-white, autocratic uh, society after a civil war in the United States that the United States lost. And there are a lot of elements and themes that are important to black people that are not illuminated uh, by either the in the book or in the TV series which is produced by Hulu, and you can find it on Hulu. So we've been talking... Uh, over at TruthWorks Network in this discussion forum. Um, this week, this past week, we, I had an opportunity as, in hosting that broadcast on the TruthWorks Network YouTube channel, and if you want to check it out, it's available on demand with Dr. Raymond Wimbush, who is a frequent guest here at Our Common Ground, talking about white supremacy, and it was a very um, exciting um, conversation with him, exciting in the sense that um, we could talk from our perspective and then begin to see uh, elements in the um, book and in the Hulu TV series uh, elements uh, that were transposed into this autocratic society called the Republic of Gilead from so many elements of U.S. shadow slavery. And there are so many elements, you know, for those of you who have never seen it, one of the things that might pique your interest is that in this society, in the Hulu production and in the book, all the black people are rounded up and they are sent to two places. The new agricultural centers of this new autocratic country and they are sent to the colonies which is a place that toxic uh, soil is being removed to clear the land after a cataclysmic um, nuclear fallout which gave this group of people an opportunity to wage civil war against the United, within the United States. It's, it's, it's an intriguing 
story. It's dystopian in nature, dystopian in the same way that for some of you who have watched Us and Them um, and some of the other dystopian tales that have come up about black people in the last year, year and a half, might pique your interest. Um, before we get started tonight, I, uh, we are expecting to have a conversation with Dr. Ruby Sales, who is a witness on the bridge. Our Common Ground has sponsored a number of witnesses on the bridge. Those are people who were pioneers at the beginning of the civil rights movement who worked either in the Black Panther Party uh, or worked in the student nonviolent, you would know it as SNCC, uh, under the tutelage and leadership of Stokely Carmichael and, in the beginning, the late John Lewis. Um, And uh, Dr. Ruby Sales, who... Uh, I'm not sure uh, she hasn't shown up in the studio yet, and I'm not sure what that's about, but we'll keep going. Uh, We'll be joining us, and we'll be talking um, about a number of things that I think is important uh, at this time uh, in this place as we leave uh, Black History Month. And what I do want to talk about is something that she wrote on Facebook about white supremacy. She wrote, white supremacy is a deep socio-spiritual scab that reeks with the stench of anti-Semitism, oozes the pulse of Islamophobia, and festers beneath the hard crust of Christo-fascism, heterosexism, classism, and sexism. That is a lot. So we're going to be talking with Dr. Sales about what our Southern past tells us about the rise of white supremacy, um, the weapons of Southern resistance living, and how we learned it, uh, what we learned, and how we live it, and um, I do want to talk to her about uh, the the propaganda of uh, some kind of digital uh, gener- generational divide caused by uh, digital technology, and about black denial, apathy, and confusion. And I'm hoping that she will be joining us. Uh, Sometimes things happen. And usually she is always on time. And I may take a break to give her a call. Uh, Sometimes people take naps to get ready for a 10 o'clock broadcast. And um, uh, remember we have... We've had one guest that that happened, and and she admonished me and said, why didn't you call me? Well, I'm on the air waiting for you. How am I going to call you? But anyway, uh, I I do want to do a little grand bragging uh, tonight. 
today at the Massachusetts Maritime Academy. My grand princess, who is my granddaughter, defended her dissertation, and she was very successful, got immediate feedback from the panel that reviewed her, and she will be one of only 15 um, black sisters and brothers who are will be awarded, who have been awarded the Masters in Emergency Medical Emergency Management. She's currently uh, an associate. Um, Uh, medical examiner for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and she has been in this program for two years, and today was the last thing before graduation, and I want to send out a big shout-out to her and let her know how proud we are of her. Now, you know how many hospitals, how many cities and counties and police departments and state police and the FBI and the whole nine yards uh, there are. People who have these degrees are the people who manage medical emergency programs. They do the planning about... Um, pandemics and how the police departments, the state police, blah, blah, blah. I, can't, I could go on and on and on. And uh, we are just very proud of her in our family. Uh, while we are waiting at 347-838-9852, I will also talk, uh, take your calls about what's happening in the Russian war against the Ukraine. It's some very interesting kinds of stuff there and it's another thing that I want to talk to I want to talk to uh our guest tonight Ruby Sales because uh one of the things that uh, she said um she wrote this week on her blog called From Ruby Sales' Front Porch. She wrote, if Ukrainians are willing to pick up arms to fight to the death to save their country from the iron grip of Russia, why can't we wage a nonviolent struggle to wrestle our country from the iron fists of white supremacist technocrats? And she also pointed out this week that white nationalism is the knot that ties Trump and the Republican Party to Russia. Putin is revered as the lead as the leader of the only purest white nation left, where the immigration and migration of black and brown people have not shifted the demographic. 
Russian imperial movement has deep connections in the U.S. Uh, And she is absolutely right. She goes on to say, white nationalist groups in the United States do not operate in a vacuum. White supremacy is the bond that unites Republicans with Putin. The transnational connections between such groups, especially between organizations in the United States and Russia, are deeply troubling, and of course they should be. We will also entertain those of you who want to share your thoughts on the nomination of Katanji Brown Jackson by President Putin, President Biden to the Supreme Court of the United States. You know, a lot of people, the confirmation hearings has been set, and she began this week meeting with senators. Uh, The confirmation hearing will begin on March 21st before the Senate Judiciary Committee. And um, her, what is being characterized as historic nomination, is the first black woman on the nation's highest court. She will be introduced during televised hearings on March 21st. You would definitely have to have been um, buried in the sand if you know nothing about her. And um, we are, we will certainly take your calls, 347-838-9852. I am really glad to be back. You know, I have a, a book, a journal book, that I have been using. Well, this particular one I started using in 2019 where I record the the title, the goals, and make my notes and all of the contact information, everything, uh, for each one of these broadcasts. And according to this journal... For 2021-2022, no, since 2019, this is our 357th broadcast. This is our eighth broadcast of the 2022 um, Our Common Ground broadcast season. Um, We will also love to hear from you uh, about what you thought our programming was like um, during Black History Month, where I stopped talking and let people who had transformed this nation talk. Sometimes we do. We need to, sometimes we need to shut up. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I spend my life, 
I when I wake up in the morning, I start with a podcast and the news, and when I lay my head on the pillow, I'm listening to a podcast. Sarah Kinzinger and uh, Andrea Jolupa should know that I go to bed with them every night. I used to go to bed with uh, Norm Goldman uh, every night, but then he I mean, Norman Goldman, if you don't know him, uh, you can go into our, our, our archives. I hosted a conversation with him uh, for two hours, but he was a broadcaster on the Internet, uh, a white man, and I used to go to bed with him every night um, to listen to his broadcast from that particular day, and he was one of the finest broadcasters, um, you know, um, a long time ago, I used to listen to Bob Law, Night Talk in New York City at WBAI, uh, long distance um, call, just call into his studio and tell him to put me on listen, um, because you have to trust people and how they choose to give you information and what information they choose to give you and how they give it to you, which is also important. So um, I was saying that for a reason. So anyway, I listened to a lot and I filter a lot. I do not at this point trust so much corporate media. I mean, they are missing the point at every turn. And 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 you you know, and you're you're very clear. I'm sure you're very clear about it that corporate media has a goal, and the goal is not giving you information. The goal is getting you to listen by any means necessary. And the lies and the distortions, and um, there is no way that I would allow the repeats of anything having to do with what Republicans are saying about anything. Today there was a huge tornado in the state of Iowa, in one part of the state of Iowa. What was the governor of Iowa doing? She was signing a bill which forbids and prohibits transgender women from women's sports. That's that I mean that's really important if that's what you got. Our number is 3478389852. If you'd like to join me in talking about um any of the topics that are important to us at this particular junction in the week. You you sometimes I mean things have been going on to the extent that I have to say the particular juncture of the day. 
um, and it's amazing. It's just amazing um, that uh, international leaders met with uh, President Zelensky and Putin about this this war against Ukraine, and you have corporate media talking, uh, having headlines that says ongoing conflict. Wait. You bomb a hospital. You bomb a building in the complex of a nuclear center, energy center. And you got a journalist, a reporter, who's calling it a conflict. Children are fleeing. Millions, not not a couple of hundred, millions of people are fleeing this country from this war, an attack, an armed attack against them. They're bombing hospitals and schools, residential areas, commercial areas, governmental areas, and you've got some jerko in some news report talking about it's a conflict. That's the way in which you have to um, filter this. I'm really getting worried because uh, Ruby has not sent me a, uh, our guest has not sent me a, um, a text or any anything that remotely um, uh, is telling me what's going on with her, and I'm looking for her to show up in my studio. But let's go through some of the news. Okay, another thing that blows your mind. Um. You've got Bill Barr, the corrupt criminal, former attorney general, who has now written a book. So he now wants to help us, try to help us, convince us that he wasn't a Trump camper. Don't insult my intelligence. Um, unbelievable. Um, you know, um, just we 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 just have to. I I sent a note to the White House today. <laughs> I'm always sending a note to the White House. I I, I you know sometimes I, I I think that if we do those kinds of things that enough of us do them, that somehow they'll stop looking at these distorted, confusing poll numbers and understand that there are people out there who are watching them and how they make decisions. But I sent a note today, and it was really about the corrupt traitors who sit in our Congress. Uh, Marco Rubio, who is a senator from Florida, 
was one of the many members of Congress, the U.S. Congress, that met privately with uh, President Zelensky uh, of the Ukraine today to hear what he has to say because he's making his, he's desperately making uh, his um, plea for assistance by NATO and especially a no-fly zone over Ukraine. And we can talk about that too. The number is 347-838-9852. And I'd love to hear your comments on these things. But if you call with bullshit, I will hang up on you in a second. So um, know that before. And I've been doing this long enough to know when it's coming. So let's play nice. Um, And uh, uh, Marco Rubio, they were told that Zelensky's privacy and the threats against his life, there's an assassin, there are some assassination teams looking for him to take him out. They asked that no audio be recorded. They asked that no images that because it may reveal exactly where his location is to the Russian assassination teams. And guess what? Yeah, you're right. Marco Rubio, two senators... Marco Rubio and um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, uh, and um, oh God, I can't think of his name. It's another um, Steve Daines of Montana. Two senators posted pictures after they were told not to. And I am hoping that because they posted those pictures of that call after they were asked not to by Ukraine, that they will be investigated, they were explicitly asked not to tweet or post pictures of the call. Um, and they tried to defend the, the, uh, the, the their, what I call, treasonous act um, by saying that they, that the issue was being, um, the issue was being, uh, partisan, and but there were 160 members of Congress on that call. Um, so th- th- that's what you have. The other thing about what went on today is that um, the Russians have detained, arrested, and detained. WNBA star Brittany Griner, 
as a high-profile hostage. It's going to be very interesting. Um, the statement was issued by a former top Pentagon official today that she was arrested at an airport near Moscow. Um, they that Russians are saying, Russian officials, authorities are saying that they searched her luggage and allegedly found vape cartridges containing hashish oil. Um, I won't even tell you what the Russian Federal Customs Service issued in their statement because it doesn't. I don't give a damn because I don't believe it anyway. So this is this is what we have going on um, around us, you know, um, and and you wonder uh, exactly um, you have to question what's going on. I'd like to hear what your questions are on Ukraine, on uh, the white nationalism and white supremacy connecting the dots to the whitest nation on the planet. Our number is 347-838-9852. And this is our common ground. Um <clears throat> There's something else in the news that um, that's been going on that's been kind of puzzling to me, um, and and nobody really is talking about it. And I, I've been I've been looking at it very closely. But almost a third of people report lingering symptoms six to 12 months after COVID-19. And it was a study that includes one of the largest groups of people who were not hospitalized with COVID. And it was conducted between September 2020 and April 21st well before the recent Omicron variant surge. Oh, and by the way, um, for those of you who are going out in the public without a mask, we'd like to hear from you, too. Uh, the number is 347-838-9852. How you've ma- well, wanna, um, I'm interested in how you've made that decision and... Um, what information you used to make that decision. Uh, but in the study, 29% of the respondents who had tested positive reported at least one ongoing physical symptoms six to 12 months after infection compared to a control group of 13%. Um, just over half of those with positive tests said they had experienced either mental or physical exhaustion, sleep problems, or cognitive problems within the 6 to 12 months after infection. And that is compared to 11.5% in 
the control group. Um, the study was published as a preprint and has not yet been peer-reviewed, but I, I thought that was interesting because many people um, talked about it early in the pandemic, uh, but there was never any follow-up about it. Also, I'd like to hear your views, um, something that I've been thinking about. We know what the obvious ignoramus, moronic responses will be to the uh, nomination and in the nomination hearing of Katanji Brown-Jackson, who, by the way, is a Miami native and... um, Based on the information that I have heard, her grandfather might have been one of my father's very good friends in Miami, Dr. Brown. Um, But I have not fact-checked that yet. Um, I, you know, and there there can be some very contradictory things. It's like we have to get to the point where we understand that one and two things can happen at the same time, like the the Russian war against the people in Ukraine is bad. That's one thing. The, The other thing is that the Ukrainian, Polish, whoever else, Finland, whatever, people sitting on their white supremacy ideology by discriminating against who gets out of Ukraine and and where they get out on the border. Um, It has been reported and it has been certified, in fact, that African and Afro-ethnic people have been denied entry into trains that were leaving Ukraine, buses that were leaving Ukraine. They have been detained by the Ukrainian police. So that's the other thing that can happen. The other thing, the third thing that could happen all at the same time, I mean, all of this can happen at the same time. Three things can happen at the same time. That there are neo-Nazis in the armed services and in the police of of, of different cities and counties or however they do it in Ukraine who are... White supremacists, yeah. It's the same thing that can happen in America. A policeman can be a good partner with a community, and a policeman can be abusing and brutalizing and terrorizing black people in a community. Two things can happen at the same time, folks. Our number is 347-838-9852, and we are um, 
over 45 minutes into this program, and my dear friend and sister, Dr. Ruby Sales, evidently, I don't think she's forgotten. I think she might have um, gotten the date wrong, or I got the date wrong, or somebody got the date wrong, but that's okay. I would really like to hear people's comments about this whole thing. You can have two things, right? I I posted on on um, Twitter on yesterday that you cannot be an advocate of peace and freedom and at the same time support a war, a violent war. You just can't do it. You can't pick and choose the war if you are anti-war. And I am an anti-war person. Um, my tear responses on that one. Um, but, oh, and by the way, I I got two emails in the last, I would say, three months people asking me where's my wife why um page i don't have a wikipedia page where's all of that coming from why are people looking for my life story my life story is really no different from your life story Re- write your own wikipedia and let me know um I, I don't get it and I don't want I don't I don't want a Wikipedia page uh, where people go in and they can write anything they want to add to it and you know you don't know me <laughs> The number is 347 838-9852 and I'm really glad to be back on the microphone. I know I'm just going on and on and on like Damn, Janice, you didn't have anybody to talk to for a whole month. <laughs> um, but also during uh, Black History Month, uh, I had a drive-by visit from my family from Massachusetts. They came to Florida, and we did that for three days. We did the tourist thing. My daughter's wonderful. She just said she needed her she needed her mommy, so she just got on a plane and and came here. <laughs> and uh, she thought she was slick, you know, and in my room at her house in Massachusetts um it's actually her guest room, but I call it my room. There's a chest of drawers. And I had left a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, the thing was filled up. You know, like when you go to Massachusetts, the weather is totally different. Even in the summertime, the weather is totally different. And you need um, a hoodie in Massachusetts. You need uh, heavy leggings. I don't need all that stuff here, so I left it there (laughs) when I was there for the holidays. She 
travels a lot. So her skill, I mean, all of her life she's just traveled a lot. And her skill at packing is so much better than most people's. You know, like she can take it, it one suitcase or a carry-on, and that's all she needs. Um, I have to take my whole house. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to wake up one day and need something, and I don't have it. Just my mindset. So she comes with this huge suitcase. And what's in it? Most of the stuff is the stuff that I left because she doesn't want me junking up her house. I don't know. But anyway, it was all good. Um, I do recommend to you that you choose a charity. And the charity that I recommend is spirithouseproject.org or blackpass.org because it is important for us to support those things that we believe in. You just can't, well, I, I, I make it a practice. If I believe in something, I have to advocate for it. I have to support it. I have to, because that is part of my belief. That's why when you all go to church on Sunday, you believe in your church, and you drop the dollars in the little collection basket, pan. You know, in church I went to, we didn't have a collection basket. They had these big old things that looked like gold uh, plates, but it had a deep bowl in the middle. So when you dropped your 25 cents in it, everybody could see you just dropped 25 cents in it. I don't know. But anyway, so I'm suggesting that you choose a charity. The other is to choose a broadcast. I'm not begging for any money. I have always done this work. This is my how I pay my rent for my space on this planet. I don't ask for money. But there are podcasts that they ask for money. And they ask for money. So find a podcast. One of my favorite podcasts is Black Power Media. Um, um, Black Power Media. This is Revolution. Burn It Down with Kim Brown. All of those people, Jared Ball, um, who is Black Power Media, and Pascal Robert, who is This Is Revolution, I mean, and Kim Brown, have been guests on this show. So find something. I mean, I have one podcast that I listen to. I mean, I can't give to every podcast that I listen to. So I choose to give to podcasts that most people wouldn't give to. 
You know, like there are people out there who want to hear everything that black people have to say, but they don't, they would never sacrifice. So if you want to hear a podcast, you, you know, a Patreon podcast, you could give $2 a month, a dollar a month. Uh, this is Revolution, Kim Brown, Burn It Down with Kim Brown, and Black Power Media. You don't have to give a lot, and I'm not suggesting that you be cheap about it. I'm, I'm not suggesting that at all. Don't be cheap. But these are people who are working for us. And you say, well, anybody can get on the air and talk. Not true, and I want I, I I defy anybody to get behind a microphone and just start talking. After a while, you run out of steam. If you haven't honed the skill of doing it, I mean I know when I, I know when I um, feel like I'm running out of steam, but. Most of this podcast, I give you a good idea. I give you a good idea. When I was working full-time and doing this broadcast full-time, it meant that I, all these clips that you hear, all these uh, audio resources that I provide and present to you, um, it takes time to do that. It takes a lot of time. To do that um, Last week A week before last When my family was here I knew that The week before I had to prepare The video Presentations For the um, If America Fails Production The week before Because when they were Going to be here It was going to be It was going to be Too difficult When I was Doing this show Sometimes I would to, For this show I would, uh, when I was working full-time, I would have to spend my lunch hour doing the reading for the show. Then I would have to run home, you know, like get on the train, then get on the bus, then walk down the street, run home, throw my coat off, and begin preparation for this production at 10 o'clock, which sometimes meant I had to put bios together, I had to do all of the things that you have to do. You have to call people, invite them as guests. Then you have to send them a confirmation. Then you have to do the things to make sure that you in the audience have a contextual basis for listening to the discussion. That's a lot of work. So find a, a podcast, find a charity, uh, make sure, you know, and monitor your charities. I had to kick uh, one of my charities to the curb a uh, year before last because um, they weren't um, letting me know what they were doing with my money. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was money. You know, um, my daughter and my granddaughter and my grandson and I get together 
uh, during Kwanzaa, and we decide uh, what we're going to give to, um, what we're going to give to. Uh, my youngest grandson during Kwanzaa um, had to take $25 out of his savings account go into the dollar store and make uh, homeless kits that he keep in the car. So you know how you pull up to the stops, uh, to, to the red light, and the homeless person says they're homeless and they're hungry or they whatever, um, and he made little kits with soap, a toothbrush, a washcloth, and... Uh, this year he put he he got some stuff for people's feet. He said because homeless people are always walking around, and he had to buy the bags to put in the bags, and then the little ribbons to tie it up, and the box to keep it in the car, so that he could give it out during the year. He made well we gave him some extra money. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing we could talk about is how we teach children about money, especially black children. But anyway, we gave him extra money, and he had 50 kits um, on the last day of Kwanzaa to put in the car uh, and some gum and and some hard candies. That's what it was in in his bag, and I I really applaud. I I brag about things like that because I think it teaches children values. One of the other things that I do is I'm always telling those kids that they're supposed to take care of my daughter because I'm not there. So the little one, um, we have this. We're in this. I'm in this program where he has. He gets a debit card, and I can give him allowance every week. And in it, you set up tasks that he has to do. Um, taking out the garbage, uh, emptying the dishwasher, stuff like that. Because I tell him that is how he can uh, help his mother and take some of the stress of parenting off of her, uh, cleaning the inside of her car and stuff like that. And so for his allowance, you put those tasks in the, on the web, in the web, they give you a website, and you set those, and you set how much you're willing to pay for those tasks. And when he calls me and tells me he's done those things, then I can release the money. And he can go spend it on a PS4, PS whatever. Uh, and I can also monitor monies that he is spending from how he is spending his money from allowance. And I can also set a percentage of all of his money has to go into a savings account. I can also set a charity, or he can set a charity uh, with this program. It's a pretty, pretty nice program. You've probably seen it every wherever, but um, just so that you know, it's called Go Henry. 
and there's another one. Go Henry is the one that's run that uh is run by a UK company. Uh and I chose that one because the CEO is uh African Caribbean no, Caribbean uh English, whatever. We're gonna take a break. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two and I guess we're gonna just push this conversation that I really wanted to have with Ruby Sales. Ruby Sales and I are are night people and we often talk uh on the phone at two or three o'clock in the morning. We have lots of listeners on our board tonight, and welcome, and thank you for being with us, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more. Down and hold. Down and hold. You've got to help me keep the devil. Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals, the United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers, but we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers, but we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists, but we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, We had better educate every single person who has the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. A layer of the mask off that we seem to wear every single day and to start to speak about our issues, those childhood wounds and scars and secrets and, and lies that sometimes fester inside of us because we are afraid to speak disappointments and, and fears and that someone has hurt our feelings. So we're excited about it. We're asking one million people. If America Fails, The Coming Tyranny, an 11-week discussion forum using Margaret Atwood's dystopian story, The Handmaid's Tale. Autocracy, fascism, classism, sexual slavery. Can it happen here? Are you sure? Join us at TruthWorks Network each Thursday, 8 p.m. TruthWorks Network, YouTube, live streaming. If America Fails. Thursday, 8 p.m. If America Fails. Live, a TruthWorks Network production. And America Fails. Are you sure? This year, nearly 242,000 men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer. Hello, this is Reggie Jackson telling you to talk to your father, brother, grandfather, uncle, and friends about prostate cancer. And then join me in the Prostate Cancer Foundation to help keep Dad in the game. 
Go to PCF.org and make a pledge for the Prostate Cancer Foundation's Home Run Challenge. Again, PCF.org. Let's keep Dad in the game. Make a pledge. Make a difference. How do you wake up the entire African-American community to the hidden issue of mental health? It showed up in my life through one of my best friends. And we've been friends for over 30 years. One story at a time. If we would have known earlier, you know, we would have been more, much more supportive with her. Once I reached out to my sister, it got a little better. Once I told my mother, it got a little better. The more I talked about it, I felt it coming off. The healing is in me, and the healing in the journey can also be extended to others. It's our community and our mental health. Giving voice to what you're feeling is part of the healing. If you're strong enough to just open your mouth, that's all it takes. And the most revolutionary and healing thing that black people can do right now is to love one another. It's time to share ourselves. Healing starts with us. A message from the U.S. Department of Health. You know he loves to drink good whiskey. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Back to Janice. And thank you for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground. It's the sanctuary for black truth. And our number is 347 838 And we've had uh, somewhat of a, a programming change for tonight, um, it looks as though Dr. Ruby Sales won't be joining us, but we will rearrange, reschedule. Um, it's a glitch in this scheduling. I'm sure she's written it down in the wrong way. But, you know, we don't talk enough about motive in what's going on in our news. Um, There is a controversial parental rights in education bill. Uh, You probably know it as the Don't Say Gay bill, which is making its way to the Senate floor proposed by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And... We have to look at what the motive is here. Obviously, one of the motives is political. He wants to be um, Donald J. Trump 2.0, making his points with that base to position himself to run for the presidency as the Republican nominee 
in 2024, so he's just proven to all the white people uh, who are Trumpers and MAGAs, the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, Proud proud Boys, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouses of the world, that he is worthy of their support. Uh, it is sexual instructions, it is about sexual instructions to kids pre-K through three and how parents um, can deal with issues of sexual stuff that comes up in class discussions and curriculum and the bill is designed to limit how the LGBTQ community is discussed in public school classrooms in Florida by restricting those conversations and the limitations are going to be felt greater in the higher grades. The Florida House has approved the bill and it will appear before the Florida Senate for a vote on Monday. Nationwide, there are 18 similar bills moving through nine state legislatures. This kind of legislation is no different from the same kind of legislation in Florida and in 18 other states, which restrict the discussion of accurate history by categorizing it as critical race theory, which is a university, um, actually a graduate school uh, training um, curriculum. And it is also if we want to connect the dots, and connecting the dots is very important, it is also about the GOP's agenda to erase race, black people in America, banning the books, restricting the history of black people. You know, one of the things they said, okay, uh, in Florida, the bill around critical race theory um, targets the idea that um, you, and, and most of this kind of legislation targets the idea that you don't want to make the poor white children feel uncomfortable. That's very similar to uh, the global discussion on the war on Ukraine, Russian war on Ukraine right now. Well, we don't want to enter into nobody wants a, a World War Three. Well, nobody wanted World War One and World War Two. What the hell? That's a stupid response. So in this, in these legislate legislatures. Um, in in these states, they don't want white children to feel uncomfortable about 
having to learn about the history of their own country. What they want to do is to distort and erase black history, and that leads into the white supremacist ideology of erasure of black people. Want to talk about it? 347-838-9852. The bottom line is that um, Ron DeSantis and other governors, like the governor of Iowa and... um, um, and others are simply um, hiding behind, seeking out white supremacists and white nationalists that will support them. The other thing that I mean, I I, I don't care about picking on. Uh, um, Uh, Ron DeSantis, he went into a a presentation with a group of high school students and berated them for wearing face masks at this indoor news conference on last Wednesday saying, and he said it was time to stop with what he called this COVID theater. Um. And he said to these students as he came in, in a very menacing way, you do not have to wear those masks. I mean, please take them off. Honestly, it's not doing anything. We've got to stop with this COVID theater. So if you want to wear it, fine, but this is ridiculous. Now, um, if I had been a parent, I want to hear what you would have said had you been a parent of one of those students, and Lord, thank you, and I fall on my knees because one of those students, a young brother, didn't remove his mask, and he still stood there. There have been parents of some of the students that were on the stage behind him who have complained, but none of them have complained too hard for me because if if I had been a parent and I had been in an office, I would have gotten up, gone over to the stage and said to my child, uh, put the mask on, let's go, and turned to the mayor, uh, to, the, to the governor and said, mind your fucking business. If he wanted his wife, who was in chemotherapy, to go to a MAGA meeting, uh, a Klan rally meeting, and not wearing a mask while she was in chemotherapy treatment, which brings your immune system down to damn near zero, that's his business. But the way he treated those children, and, and I think it had to do with so many of them were African-American. But I really applaud that young brother who stood his ground. He kept his mask on, and he didn't go anywhere. He just he stayed there. I just don't understand where these people are tolerating 
um, the behavior of um, of of people like DeSantis. So um, I, 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 you know, my question is, how long are we going to tolerate all of this outrageous behavior, behavior that uh, turns? what little democracy we enjoy in this country on its head. Voting suppression, the limitations of voting access, redistricting, and we have clowns like Herschel Walker, clowns like Candace Owens, Clowns like Reynard Jackson, who clowns like Clarence Thomas. Oh, you know, uh, one of the things three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two is the number. But one of the things that it just makes my brain go Google, 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 is how does a black man? share a bed and a home with a stone-out white supremacist. And you know who I'm talking about. The Supreme Associate Justice Clarence Thomas, and I know he's not listening, but let me tell you, Clarence Thomas, but for being black, would not have been nominated to be a Supreme Court Justice of the, uh, an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. He would not. He has. He had no qualifications. None. He just had a law degree. When George, the first George H. Bush, uh, nominated him, because they needed to replace. At that time, it would have been outrageous if the Republicans had replaced uh, Associate Justice Thurgood Marshall with a white man. They knew that. It would have been a disgrace. Today, it wouldn't have been a disgrace. It would just, they just would have done it. I mean, look at what they did. They nominated a rapist and refused to even investigate the circumstances under which he was a rapist and an alcoholic, and in deep doo-doo financially. And I'm talking about Brett Kavanaugh. Then they nominated Amy Comey Barrett, who has never, 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 never handled the case in court, ever. But you know they are going to go after Katanji Brown Jackson. You know it is going to happen. Now, here's a point that came up in my brain uh, before the nomination. I think that President Joe Biden made too much of a point of saying he was nominating a black woman. He was setting up this nomination for a whole bunch of 
there white supremacist racist bullshit, and you know it and I know it. He shouldn't have said it. He should have just nominated Katanji Brown Jackson because she is more qualified than anybody that sits on that court, including the women, except for she's equal to, not even equal to, but um, Sotomayor is a damn well qualified at the time of her nomination. So, you know, that's just me, but... If you have something to say about it, 347-838-9852 is where you can say it. But, you know, most of y'all want to go pay $30 and and subscribe to uh, Sirius XM Radio, another corporate media uh, where black people – now, let me shut up. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. I'm not going there. Not tonight. Shut up, Janice. Shut up and tell these people some more about Kalanji Brown Jackson. Um, you know, she had just appeared before the Judiciary Committee less than a year ago when uh, she was elevated to the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. So there isn't, as, uh, uh, isn't a lot of new ground to cover. Um, about Jackson and what could legitimately be raised as questions. And it's very interesting that former Democratic Senator Doug Jones of Alabama has been selected by the White House to help guide her through the confirmation process and accompany her to meetings Uh, this week, um, and also a small group of White House lawyers and aides were on hand. Jones did report last Wednesday about her meetings that it was a very good day of pleasant meetings, Uh, very, very interesting. She began her day on last Wednesday meeting with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. But I think uh, McConnell is going to try as far, as much as he can, to throw a monkey monkey, monkey wrench uh, into uh, this nomination. Um, she is 51 years old. I mean, um, so that takes her at almost at the, the mid-pinnacle of her um, career. And um, she would be the first of... But, but here's my... Here, here's my um, my concentration about the Supreme Court. Joe Biden needs to, in addition to getting this nominee confirmed, he needs to expand the court. Um, (coughs) 
he needs excuse me, he needs to expand the court. She went to Harvard College and graduated magna cum laude, which is a big competition in uh at Harvard College. And then went on to Harvard Law School, graduating in 1996, cum laude, and she was, as was uh, former President Barack Obama, editor of the law school uh, journal. Uh, In her 17 years following her graduation from Harvard Law School, She's held a lot of jobs. She had she did three federal clerkships. She worked at four elite law firms. And she also served two stints with the Sentencing Commission. And a lot of that is typical for Supreme Court shortlisters. In her mid-career, she spent two years as a public defender, and they are making much of that, and that is because the last justice with experience representing criminal defendants was Justice Thurgood Marshall. And he retired in 1991. But... um, Jackson served as a clerk to U.S. District Judge Patty Cyrus, a Massachusetts judge who was appointed by President Bill Clinton and was part of my friend's circle when I, well, I mean, you just don't drop off the the face of the earth because you move, but um, we haven't had a lot of contact since I moved to Florida. And she also served as a clerk to Judge Bruce Selya, uh, who was appointed by President Ronald Reagan. And that will be a great advocate for her in this nomination. She um, did a third clerkship, at the, uh, and it was at the Supreme Court as a clerk for, for Stephen Breyer, Justice Stephen Breyer from... 1999 to 2000 term of the court. When her clerkship ended, she became an associate in the Boston office of a large, uh, you may not know, but this is a huge law, large law firm, Goodwin Proctor. Um, And she was one of the lawyers on a friend of the court brief in the McGuire versus Riley case supporting a Massachusetts law that created a floating buffer zone around pedestrians and cars approaching abortion clinics. I remember her in that way. Um, uh, She was at uh, at Proctor when I managed, uh, I was the director of a, I managed a legal department in a major corporation, and Proctor was our 
counsel in matters, Goodwin Proctor, uh, our counsel in matters having to do with personnel and employment. So I had a lot of interface with that firm. Um, only knew her through knowing other people. There are a lot of people who are saying that they want something different, you know, uh, but you ain't going to get nothing different. 312, you're on the air. Thank you for your call. Hello, Janice. Whoa. Hey there. Janice, you hear me? Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute. Hey, I go can. And take your speaker. I'm fine. How are you? Yeah. How about taking me off the speaker? <laughs> uh, I'm good. Thank you. It's uh, good to What's talk to you mind? for the first first time in 2022. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, my my first live show. I've been trying to catch up on your um on your shows on replay, and I'm lagging behind. But uh, I did just last week. I heard that show um, on the the uh, um, uh, the the popular Women. TV show. Mm-mm. Oh, and the Handmaid's Tale. Um, Handmaid's Tale. The the it's guy that, Tale. that that's Toothworks Network. That's not our common ground. But well, I'm there too. That's that's mm-hmm. your show, right? <laughs> that was a really good show. I, I hadn't watched The Handmaid's Tale. Um, I heard a bunch about it. And um, just the breakdown that the the guy was given the the doctor, the professor. Um, it was was really 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 good show. So so you were you were you, episodes. you were with us with the show with uh, Ray Wimbush. Yeah. This past week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard a little bit What'd of that one. Think? Yeah, I did hear a little bit of that one. Uh-huh. Uh, good as always. Well, thank as you. Always. I mean. You um you know you've been consistent uh, since I started listening to you in what oh eight. Yeah. I haven't heard yeah. a, I haven't heard a bad show. Um, I said you you know opened my eyes up plenty of times to a whole bunch of different folks and um, people that I still listen to today um, via your show or other shows or um, just reaching out to them in a, on you know different platforms so. Yeah, appreciate it. And um you know, I'm gonna appreciate you, you that much more since this is your last year, so Yeah. You know, it is my last year. You know, our season our season ends in October. At the mm-hmm. end of October. Um, but I'm gonna go away for a couple of months and so we're not gonna end until December. Uh, so um, I'm going to not be here. I mean, we'll have Listen, Learn, Liberate Radio, but I'm not going to be here um, for a couple of months. I'm going to go away again for a couple of months. So House Music Lover, what's the major issue that you have been thinking about this week? Okay, Ukraine. Uh, actually, no, actually, um, the question I had relating to that is, do you think um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg should have 
um, stepped down um, before, you know, before she passed. And ultimately we ended up with, uh, what is it, 6-3 conservative court? Do you think she should have listened to Obama? Um, he reportedly went to her and asked for her to, you know, step down so we could appoint someone uh, younger in her position. Well, here's the thing. They would have blocked it. Mary Garland was think- blocked. Mm. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have let him, they wouldn't have let any nomination of his go through. I mean, here's a woman that a year ago got overwhelming support for the D.C. Circuit. And they are going to try to stop it. Well, yeah, of course. That's, keep, that's what they're there yeah, for. And keep in, um, keep in mind, during the Obama administration, they did have a little bit of a glimmer of what would be called a public uh, public relations issues in how they stopped it, his nominations. This time, mm-hmm. they won't have any. One of the reasons that the bots are working over overdrive, working against, Biden is because they're going to use Biden and his performance as a way of stopping this nomination. See, here's what I think. Mm -hmm. I think at some point Americans have to stop tolerating this corruption, this partisan corruption and sedition and treason. At some point, but you've got a Merrick Garland, and I hate I, you know. Um, when when I was a justice, Merrick Garland had a reputation coming out of o- the Oklahoma City bombing as mm-hmm. someone who was very silent. He didn't make a lot of noise. He didn't make a lot of stuff, and he got those indictments. And 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 ultimately, the people who were responsible were held accountable and responsible. Mm-hmm. I think that I mean, when you think about it, in the Oklahoma um, federal building bombing, within two hours they had arrested this guy. And they had all kind of evidence. So Mary Garland didn't have to do very much. And I am just at a place where I can't figure out what the Department of – where the hell is Chris Ray, and what the Department of Justice is doing. And on the issues of voting rights and voting, all these laws, you've got one, one guy, Mark Elias, who is doing all the suing, and the federal government is doing nothing, and where's Kristen Clark, who is the head of the Civil Rights Division? I mean, you've got to ask those questions. And, I, I, you know, in, in this environment, I think there are a lot of people who are reluctant to ask those questions because 
of the environment that we're in, that uh, you don't want to be too harsh about Joe Biden's choice of attorney general. You don't want to be too critical because that's somehow flavoring uh, the other side. But I think you have to ask these questions. Mm-hmm. So even if, to your question, she had re- retired, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have meant much. But didn't Barack, isn't that how Soto Mayor came on the uh, the bench under uh, Barack? Yeah, he did. She did. But keep in mind, so keep in mind that she had the whole state of New York, California, mm-hmm. behind her. Hmm. Merrick Garland, he thought was going to be an easy choice, and it wasn't. Hmm. But uh, Ginsburg was still on the court when Sotomayor was um, nominated. Mm-hmm. You know, all of this has to do with John Roberts, and I really encourage people to go and research and read about who he is and why and how he got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was all with uh, Bush and uh, right. I think the thing yeah. that has to happen, there is nothing stopping President Biden on expanding the court. There are nine circuit districts. We only have six associate justices. He could use that as the basis, making sure that every um, uh, district had a justice, not necessarily Mm -hmm. representative justice, but it would make sense. It makes sense. You know, and he could go further and have 13. I mean, at at some point, as an oppressed people, we just have to stop taking their word for it. We have to stop taking their rationale for it and saying no more. Yeah, because I it's agree. not. Um, you know, it it, it with with uh, with. Um, <clears throat> With um, with a Justice Brown Jackson and all of the federal issues, the issues that come before this court, it's not going to make a, a, a lot of difference. And I don't know if you've thought about it, but I think about it most of the day. You know, I do my gardening, and when I'm digging, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking that if something doesn't happen here, if there's not a breakthrough and it ain't a state of the union speech, if something doesn't break through, the Republicans are going to take the House and the Senate. History shows us that at midterm, whoever is is in the
the White House, the opposite party, takes takes the House and Senate at midterms. That's the record. So I, yep. I worry that about that. I don't know if part with Dr. Wimbush and I talking the other night on If America Fails, that I'm I'm very afraid that democracy will falter if the Republicans take the House and Senate back. So y'all might as I well think, get um, your little pa- pack a your little you know um, tablecloth and tie up your bread and and fried chicken and some salad. And start looking for for a place of safety. Yeah, I I'm think um, <laughs> I'm I, trying to give the image, you know. Uh, I'm see you painting the picture. I get that. I got it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think with uh, Putin, um, what he's doing in Ukraine, um, and the outward support of uh the former president and current sitting senators and representatives you know outwardly supporting Russia and Putin and um i think just the the the, the tone well, no not the tone i think the intention that Putin's putting out there that he may continue you know his push after he's done with Ukraine now he's going into Poland or somewhere or uh, going through Belarus to get to wherever he wants to go. Um, that that uh, impending, openly fascist, um, Trump best friend uh, friendship, relationship, or whatever, I think uh, hopefully will kind of backfire, um, you know, in these midterms, uh, wake some people up, mm-hmm. you know, discuss some people or turn some people off, um, along with hopefully Biden will do something really, really brilliant like, I don't know, wiping out student debt um, and doing, you know, whatever else he can since he didn't get the – All right, here's the, an uh, idea the that passed. I think – I'm glad you brought up the student debt. Mm-hmm. The Joe Biden could give out zero coupons to all students, and they could use that to bring down their in, instead of just wiping it out, paying mm-hmm. it out, a, a coupon that pays it out. Um, It would be better public relations for him doing it that way because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people, you know, people are very selfish. And they're saying, well, Mm -hmm. I paid mine, so why can't they Mm -hmm. pay theirs? They don't understand the issues. They don't care to understand the issue of Mm -hmm. how student debt is different than when I went to college. Uh, I mean, when I went to college, there were no Pell Grants and all that shit. My parents had to pay my college. Um, But you're right. He has to do something that is going to, and not just talking about it. 
I was yeah. very disappointed in his State of the Union address. What about you? Uh, I fell asleep on uh, some of it. Um, I missed the whole when whoever was shouting out um, and, you know, oh, had their moment. That was large. I missed that part. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I missed that part because I, I, I literally fell asleep on it. Um, I didn't have a lot of well, hope for the speech, but I was curious about it. And Leah, like mm-hmm. you, I, I, I thought of what I heard and the recap and everything, it, Kind of felt, well, all felt the issues short. that were important to me, important to black people, because uh, no. for some reason they haven't gotten the memo. Mm-hmm. And just to have a black associate justice is some kind, somehow some kind of victory. Well, mm-hmm. black poor people and black working people can't feed their children victory. You see what I'm saying? And I he do. didn't. He, and the things that he knows that he cannot win. The thing is that there's no creativity going on in the White House. Nah, I would agree with that. I mean, no, he's the got the balance. Speaking. How he he he's not strategic. He expands the court and does some things by executive order just to hold over. Mm-hmm. And win. He'll have a court. I think court. the expansion. I, I think that expansion He'll have of the a court, court that'll hold, too... uphold some of the stuff that he did, or hold on to it until the Congress can do something about it. The other is if the DOJ, the parliamentarian of the Senate and the House, starts expelling. And and um and and suspending. I mean, like Marjorie Taylor Green Taylor, what a Taylor Green. Uh, she she's paid I think ten thousand dollars because she refuses to go through the um, protocol of the the House about security, and she's been right. fined over ten thousand dollars. At some point, the parliamentarian ought to just be barring her from the fucking building. Yeah, and just like during the uh, the speech, whoever shouted out, if they knew who it was, I would have stopped it and they know who it was. Whoever it that was, person, escort them out. It was Lauren Bobbitt and and Marjorie mm-hmm. Green Taylor. And Marjorie, that's right. who it was. I mean, why not? Why not stop? And, Drag their look, asses get them out, out of the there. chamber. Get them out. The parliamentarian should have sent the Capitol Police and escorted their asses out. Yeah, Obama should have did did the same thing. Well, you know, the Republicans were pretty, the Republicans were pretty, showed some uh, pushback at Joe Wilson when he did that. So, um, and these people are showing none. I'm talking about having an immediate response. I mean, but, that but, that has but, to be answered house music and addressed. Right we got to go there. way beyond that. We've True. got to. I mean, Nancy Pelosi needs to suspend some folks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Go soft. I don't disagree with that. Rand Paul, 
Marjorie Green <laughs> Taylor Green, Lauren mm-hmm. Robert, who shows up every day with guns. Mm-hmm. Everybody yep. that they suspect and the January 6th committee is reporting were part of the treasonous planning of January 6th, 2021, should be suspended immediately. Yeah. And Clarence Thomas yeah. should be impeached. <clears throat> yeah, that would be For lovely. colluding um, with his at least, white supremacist wife. At least needs to be Because he didn't recuse himself about that. issues mm-hmm. having to do with the Oath Brothers and whatever else that she was raising money for. I mean, I, I, I yep. just don't understand how much we're how much of this we're going to tolerate. Yeah, well, and even uh, on that note, uh, when I called in, I heard you mention um, in passing laws about uh, not teaching certain things so the white kids don't get offended by their history. Um, you know, and, and I think ultimately when that stuff doesn't get challenged going forward, you know, they're going to probably try and outlaw Black History Month. Um, yeah, but, you know, but but here here's the menacing and nefarious aspect of all of that. So now teachers can be sued by parents if they mention black history? What the mm-hmm. hell? But it's yeah, been part of the GOP agenda to stop African-American studies in public educational institutions. They've been fighting it since since we discovered that we could have black history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Well, how I don't it's been, see it's, how... Yeah, it, it's, it, it's just been... At, at some point, we've got to get ugly on all of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I've been waiting real for that moment. I've been yeah, waiting for I was, the moment. I was waiting at a, for us. You, you know, I'm in, in down here in South Florida now, and I go to places and see things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was yeah. at this, um, uh, I guess, exclusive restaurant over on Delray Beach on uh, the other night, uh, the other afternoon, having lunch. Okay. And, um, yeah, you know, one of those restaurants on the ocean at one of those mm-hmm. hotels, one of them uh, hotels over yeah, there on the just, beach. I was about to say, yeah, I got an idea where you were. <laughs> I wasn't at the Breakers, no. No, no, not the Breakers. Anyway, no, no, that's, that's something yeah, on the beach. Not the Breakers. Uh, I got, but uh, the lady uh-huh. just wouldn't stop staring at me. And so mm-hmm. finally, at a t- at the table next to me, she just stared like, like I'm. She was shocked that I was sitting mm-hmm. there having lunch by myself, um, enjoying the the breeze and the whatevers that she was enjoying. Mm-hmm. And she was just staring. So I finally said to her, "Excuse me, is staring at me your job?" Are you the FBI? 
And mm. I said it real loud. You know, I got real ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> if you had seen she and her party, I mean, and they were they were um, evidently tourists or something from a foreign, uh, they were speaking some kind of foreign language, like it wasn't Spanish, mm. it wasn't French, and it wasn't Italian, because I understand all those languages. And you should have okay. seen them scampering, getting the hell up and getting the hell out of there. But <laughs> I think at some point we have to stop tolerating it. And yeah. what we have it's done funny. is we have coddled and tolerated Trumpism in our spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, house music lover, you always do this. You've done this since ever, since the time immemorial. You call late in the in in the program. And I've got to go because i got to cover some stuff before I leave. But you call me next Saturday, and we will continue. And it's good to hear from you. And let your friends know we're, we're here. Okay. No doubt. Good to hear from Bye-bye. you. House music lover right there in Chicago. So <clears throat> for those of you uh, who have joined us tonight, thank you so very much for for being with us. And don't forget, we're here each Saturday at 10 p.m. Um, this week coming up on If America Fails at the TruthWorks Network YouTube channel, 8 p.m. Thursday night, I'll be talking with Dr. Cynthia Ann Barron of Bowling Green University, and we will be talking about the players and the game in The Handmaid's Tale. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, you all keep it, keep it safe. Love your children. Good night. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. I think it has to do with organized greed, organized hatred, and organized corruption seem to be so weak in people. Well, I think America has to acknowledge itself as an empire make the connection between the the militarizing that's taking place domestically, police, mass incarceration, and the 800 military bases, and the 211 interventions in 67 countries since 1945. That connection between militarism abroad, militarism internally, needs to be wrestled with something that Martin Luther King Jr. understood very well before his death in 1968. His hope was to remind the world that fairness, justice, and freedom are more than words. They are perspectives. So if you've seen nothing, if the crimes of this government remain unknown to you, then... But if you see what I see, if you feel as I feel, and if you would seek as I seek, then I ask you to stand beside me. Want change in your local community? Vote. Tired of government not working for you? Vote. Done with people saying nothing can be done? Vote. Thank you for joining us here at Our Common Ground. For all of you that have joined us in our chat room, we thank you as well. Living.
I'm Janice Graham. Join us each Saturday at Our Common Ground. I'll be listening for you, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.